but it's just too too high for them. And nobody nobody puts them on a pedestal. People put Freebird on a pedestal, but not Leonard Skinner. No, they are Disagree. they are the Foo Fighters of this genre. That's fair. You are just fucking right? cruising for a bruise, and I'll tell you that much right That's now. That's fair, right? Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! I, I actually already forgot, and then it was silent, and then I remembered, then I remembered, I, did, I already forgot. So, so welcome welcome back to Asinine Radio. I guess I'm doing the intro today, because Tyler is out sick. Um, <laughs> fucking thanks for listening and stuff. Yeah, I, this is awful. I'm terrible at this. You want me to do it? You want me to don't, take over? Don't forget to uh, rate us and call the number, and subscribe to... Uh, the intro song, right? Is that, is that how go. it goes? That's yeah. that's exactly how the intro goes. So this is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band or artist and we uh, we listen to the record, we break it down, we find out all the secrets about it, and then we let you in on those secrets. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, give us five stars, and five stars only. Uh, we have you know all the social media crap, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the boring stuff. The handles on those are at Asinine Radio, and we have a Discord server. If you want to join that, hit us up. We'll send you the link. Talk shit like everybody else does. And uh, we have a <laughs> phone number that you can call. You can leave us a voicemail. You could shoot us a text message. That phone number is 503-893-5307. Now, Jeff, uh, what are we doing today? It, it would have been... I really would have liked to ask, and Tyler, and then done that. For, I'm going to do it anyway. And Tyler. Let's pretend that I did the whole intro flawlessly. And, <laughs> okay. and, and Tyler. What are we doing today? We are doing Leonard Skinnerd and their record pronounced Leonard Skinnerd.
Leonard Skinner, under their original name, My Driveway, formed in 1964 in Jacksonville, Florida, by Ronnie Van Zant on vocals, Gary Rossington on guitar, Alan Collins on guitar, Larry Junstrom on bass, and Bob Burns on drums. They currently have 14 full-length records, six live albums, 23 compilations, and have sold over 28 million records since 1991. But the album we're doing today is their first record, pronounced Leonard Skinner. It was released August 13th, 1973, and it features Ronnie Van Zant on vocals, Gary Rossington on guitar, Alan Collins on guitar, Ed King on bass, Billy Powell on keyboards, and Bob Burns on drums. Now, Jeff, what is your, uh, what's your origin story with the Leonard Skinners? What do you got? Go. I, I really don't know. I mean... Th- Sweet Home Alabama has probably got to be my earliest um, memory of, of Leonard Skinner, but I, I really do, I really don't know. I mean, like I said, Sweet Home Alabama reminds me of of just idiots at the river, and that's that's where I heard a lot of Skinner was at the river with with like my mom. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't have like a distinctive memory. I just know I've been hearing and listening either on purpose or, or indirectly to Skinner for a long time. But it really wasn't until until at least probably fairly recently, probably within the past like five to ten years, where I really, really, really realized that Freebird guitar-wise isn't as shreddy as you think it is. Yeah. And Skinner <laughs> themselves are, aren't as like, talented as you think they probably should be as as lore would, would, would lead you to believe they are but that's that's what makes this album so damn fucking good it's it's, it's those two things so that's that's what i got that's it i don't know does it make it good though that's does fantastic it? it's fucking unreal this is an unbelievable album okay all right my uh my origin story is is much like yours i don't know where it where it began i know you know when i was young my mom listened to a lot of classic rock from the from the seventies, you know, uh, fucking Ted Nugent, Rush, Queen, fucking Alice Cooper, Pink Floyd, whatever. And and she was never really into Skinner, but I know this song would play a lot when we would whatever wherever we were going, driving in the car, she was cleaning the house, whatever it was, you know. Sweet Home Alabama was it came on a lot, so maybe that was that's probably probably my origin story, maybe. Um, uh, what was it? Not my name. That's not my name. Wait, what's that song? name. What's your name? What's your What's your name? name? Yeah, that might have been my origin story, because I never knew that was a Skinner song until this week. But um, so I, it's either Sweet Home Alabama or What's Your Name. But otherwise, yeah, I, I don't have a specific memory. Freebird, I I totally agree with you. Uh, that was a song that I never heard until I was probably in high school, and I was like, "Ugh, this is kind of—it's cool." They play a guitar solo for so long, but it's not as shreddy as as most people think it is. And it's this band is kind of overrated as no, musicians. No, they're, they're kind of overrated. F- take a step back. And, whoa, whoa, hold whoa, on, there, brother. Hold that, on. Hold on. Whoa. Whoa. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are kind of overrated, but they—they they are not overrated. They, at all. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, no, I guess nobody, we'll get more into that. Nobody gushes over Skinnerd. Nobody. Okay, that's fine. So People how can they gush be overrated? over Freebird, though. They People gush like, over but Freebird's Freebird. a fantastic fucking song. It it's is amazing. A, no, it it's is unreal. Really no. This it is band is amazing. Song. This album is amazing. Oh. Okay. 
Okay. So what are your uh what what are your first impressions on this uh this record pronounced Leonard Skinnerd? This Skinner. this band is not as as talented as as lore would ha- would would lead you to believe. And and because of the plane crash they are now cemented into into music history no matter what just for any other reason than now there's part of a small group of people that died in a plane crash yeah so even if they had a shit time before that they're still talked about but they didn't have a shit time they had a great time before that so this this <laughs> album is is just not as complex and they're just but they're playing fucking just southern rock music which inherently isn't that complex anyway but one one quote that i read that really like resonated and i thought that was really that was solid. I like that. Was uh, some one one reviewer from back in the day, in like the seventies, was uh, he? He said the difference between this band and the other big southern rock band that that is sometimes better um, is, is that the other band when they when they hear a song that that doesn't quite sound right, they work it out, they figure out what doesn't sound right about it, they make it better, they make it sound right, they make it flow nicer. With, with Skinnerd, they just turn everything up. And just kind of get more rambunctious, and then just say, "Eh, fuck it, that's all we got, and that's it." And I think that's I think that's fair because I read that same thing too, but I can't. Was it was it Chris Gow? Chris Gow? He's was the guy that? that does like. He, it probably was him because he's guy. the one that's all over Wikipedia. Yeah, I, he, he's pretty much reviewed everything from like 1970 yes. until now. Yeah, it's him. It's him yeah. then. Because yeah, like, if you click on his fucking name, it's unreal. Like how many. I mean, I shouldn't say it's unreal because I mean we listen to a lot of music too. But it's it's it's, un, it's unreal. It's he has now documented it, which I guess also it's, we've also documented it too through verbal, and um, better than he has ever because we're better than him. I for the most part, whenever I, I I see his reviews, I I I agree. I agree with most of most of the the vast majority of things that he he thinks are bad. I think are bad. With things that are good, I think are good. So I I do I agree with you, like, you most of what he says. You used to talk shit on him. I think he's a tool. I, I think in, instead oh, of just okay. instead of instead of just reviewing something, he has to be like Todd from fucking Beer Advocate and use all these crazy <laughs> similes and and similarities and 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 other similes and similarities. I was, try, right? I, was I was I was trying to like like <laughs> make up a word that had simile in it, but I couldn't think of anything. That's all. That's all I got. <laughs> but anyway, Sk- Skinner is uh, a band that that just shows that like you don't have to be fucking Jimmy Page and fucking John Bonham to play music. My God. Get off it. You don't have to be Dwayne Allman and be this one of the greatest guitarists of all time. You don't have to be this shit. You can just play fucking blues music and put a southern twist on it because that's what Skinner did. They're not great at their instruments, no, but they're better than average. They're much better than average. Every single one in the band is much better than average. And yeah, Freebird isn't as crazy complex as I thought it was when we were playing Guitar Hero right out of high school. <laughs> no. But it still fucking rips. It still rips hard. It, it still does. leads no, somewhere. There's... It is still a perfect song from beginning to end. So I don't care, okay? I don't care if like the fucking this isn't Dwayne Allman over here and Jimmy Page <laughs> does it better. Fuck off, okay? This this album is amazing. This this album is a perfect example of a bunch of guys <laughs> that just wanted to make this sound, <laughs> that wanted to make this 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 type of music and knew they weren't that great, <laughs> but are still pretty good and just did it anyway. Your vo- you you sounded like the the Long Island January Six guy. Fucking love, fucking guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Dudesy Pod. You know, that's you're gonna hear a lot of references for a while uh, from Dudesy, the Dudesy Podcast. Just like seeped that's into your subconscious them. at this point, dude. It has. It really has. 
Especially now that I have somebody that I could talk to about it that, that gets it. I'm wolf. I don't know about it, that, dude. It, anytime I hear someone just say, like, like brother or dude, I, I just automatically go back. <laughs> oh, hold on there, dude. Hold on, dude. Hold, hold on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Sasso is the best. Anyway, Leonard Skinner. Uh, you know, I, I went into this week... I did have high expectations. I don't know why I did, but I... No, you hated this fucking band. I, I was just kind of... I was very disappointed. Very, very disappointed. From the from start to finish, listening to all their records. I did... Like, like if you listen to the Reagans episode, I did enjoy a few of their records. But overall, I wouldn't buy any of them on, on vinyl. But I just... I don't know. I don't know why I was expecting more. I Maybe because they're just, they're just so popular. It's like ZZ Top. You know, they have such an iconic name and just style to them. But when you listen to their, their albums, they're just, they're fine. They're fine, hard rock, blues rock. There's nothing bad about them, but, dude, that's, that's a, good a comparison, band, too, I'm though. never going to go back to. Like, like ZZ Top and Skinner, that's a good comparison. The difference being, like, they're opposites, whereas ZZ Top individually are fucking phenomenal. Like, Billy Gibbs is one of the greatest mm-hmm. guitarists of all time. No, he's an amazing guitar player. But when you put them all together, they're fucking trash. These guys, yeah. on the other hand, you you, you sit them individually, and like, okay, that's that's cool. Like you're just any other really good guitar player, whatever. But you put them together, man, and like you cannot even fucking deny that objectively, half of these songs are so fucking catchy. Well, I really don't. I don't think so because I, I'm not a huge fan of Ronnie's vocals. I don't think he. I don't think he's. I think he slays. I don't think his melodies slays. are that great. He's not a bad singer by any means. But his melodies, I don't feel, are very noteworthy. They don't, they don't draw me in like a lot of other bands do. I, maybe it's because he's not that unique. I don't think he has a very unique voice. He has a very blues rock, very southern blues rock, which I understand. They, they essentially, I wouldn't say created, but they really popularized. But it doesn't, they're a dime a dozen. There's that only style one of band singing. that does Southern rock better than these guys. Literally only one band. It's the Allman Brothers band. Yeah, I would, I I'm not even going to name the, the entire time because it doesn't matter. I, we're not talking about them. I know but we're not talking the about them. that's the only band that does it better than them. But, but even they do then, it leaps and I, bounds better. But even then, I guarantee you, I fucking ask you to name three Allman Brothers songs with melodies. <laughs> you cannot name them. But that doesn't matter. And that that's doesn't matter difference. because that everything else difference. makes up for it. Because these guys aren't just doing Southern rock. These guys are getting into the blues, the Delta blues aspect where Southern rock in was some. born from. No, that, that's what they're doing. In some they're getting songs, into yeah. the Delta blues aspect of Southern rock and just kind of like making it a little bit grittier, making it a little bit, uh, a little bit more teen, a little more teen angsty, a little more early 20s. But see, I, I don't think so because Ronnie's voice is too... It's too smooth for for Delta Blues. Like if he's trying to go for the Delta Blues sound, it doesn't. I don't feel like it has enough of the passion. It doesn't have much of the the strain or the 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 feeling that a lot of Delta Blues does. Which is still an unfair comparison, considering a lot of the Delta Blues was recorded in the twenties through the forties, a little bit into the fifties. But it's kind of an unfair comparison. His voice is way too smooth and and nice sounding and. Just lacks a lot of that passion, but it, no the passion. The passion is regardless because you can't just because he's not gritty or just because he's not a raspy vocalist. Janis Joplin, I don't think has a lot of passion. I fucking can't stain her vocals. I can't say anything about Janis Joplin. But yeah. just because he sings more clean doesn't mean there's no passion there. I think that's I'm not, that's, that's unfair. 
But I, but don't, I don't I forget agree. too. Delta Blues was around for for still around. People are still doing it. Yeah, we list off five, six, ten names that are that are icons, but there are thousands of people that did it that were fucking monotonous and boring. Countless people that are just and fucking forgotten because they were completely boring. You're right, and and Skinner kind of falls under that that umbrella. But they don't because they aren't Delta Blues, and they're not quite Southern rock. I agree. Like, yeah, that they're, other band is not... straight up Southern rock. That other band. Has 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 made that it's southern called, they're, rock. They're sound. called the Almond Brothers band. That's that's not even gonna say. But that other band, that, band that other band, that other band, love. A that other band owns love. Southern Rock. They just do because that is that sound. This is not quite that band's version of Southern Rock. It's just not. I understand different. that. But even taking the Almond Brothers out of this, it still doesn't make for. I don't feel like it makes for that great of that great of an album or band really for that matter. I, I don't, I honestly don't, I don't see where your problems are. I think you have I don't, musicians okay, that I don't, are at least, at least at minimum above average at minimum. They're above average. Some of them are, are pretty goddamn good. You have songs that are really fucking catchy. And like my, my two B, which is almost my one B because I fucking love this song so goddamn much. But simple man, simple man is like mm-hmm. three fucking chords. We are now getting into like the most basic of all, just blues-driven yeah. music here. We're just having we're we're revolving around three chords. We're gonna slow it down, make some long instrumental vocal stuffs, and let's just jam. Let's have a good time. This is a band mm-hmm. that had a great time, and I don't know where you think like like they're not having fun. That's all this band did was have fucking fun. Well, Dude, yeah, every interview, music, every yeah. interview that you read, they are fucking stoked to go out there. They're opening for The Who, they're opening for Blue Oyster Cult, they're opening for all these bands that they no, idolize, that they fucking love, and they're having a great time. They love being in the band together. Yeah, that, they fought, but that's, that's not what every I'm talking band. about. I'm talking about the actual music itself. I'm not talking but about what they did But it does bleed through in the music. It does bleed through in the music. You can hear, there's no better example of it but than also, Simple Man and Freebird. Also, this band, I'm not saying that they're bad because they're not bad by any means. I, what I'm primarily saying is that they are really overrated. They're, nobody, nobody puts them. Nobody sets them on that pedestal, though. Except people for you do right set now. Them in that nobody pedestal. does. Nobody people, does. Absolutely, people do. I will. I will fucking. I will vet you a hundred dollars right now if you name one person their favorite fucking band is Leonard Skinner. Uh, right now, I swear to you, I will. See that that's a dumb thing to say. It's not a dumb thing that, to say. You can say that about just about any fucking band. I I know two people offhand that their favorite band is that other band that does Southern rock. Straight up, Allman Brothers band. That's why. Oh yeah, I, who Mickey and Mickey? Oh, I don't. Know. I, I don't want to do any name. I don't want to talk about the other band. I'm just saying. If to be overrated, there has to be some type of rating that is that is that is egregious. That is egregious. That is, that is too much. <laughs> that, but they're, it's just too, too high for them. And nobody, nobody the puts is, them on a pedestal. People put Freebird on a pedestal, but not Leonard Skinner. No. They are Disagree. they are the Foo Fighters of this genre. That's fair. You were just fucking right? cruising for a bruise, and I'll tell you that much right That's now. That's fair, right? I don't want like, to Foo Fighters are it. good. Foo Fighters are good. They have some good songs. But they are vanilla. I understand. They, they, they have that mass appeal, much False. like Skinner does. False. Foo Fighters, like Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters knew that this- Foo that, Fighters that, have better songs. That vanilla genre exists. <laughs> You are cruising for a bruising, dude. I'll tell you that much right now, brother. I don't hear nothing about it. Well, so I don't know about that. Well, no, that's 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 a dummy comparison. Foo Fighters that, that was an no, established a, genre. I, I that actually the Foo think Fighters that's a very fair onto. This is a this is a genre that was not established that Leonard Skinner helped pave the way for. Okay, Oy. Oy. they helped pave the way for it. Doesn't mean that they have to be the best at it. Even even if that even they if that is true, even if it. that is true to to compare that to the Foo Fighters, an already established genre for decades, and the Foo Fighters to go into an already established kind of boring genre 
and then make it even more boring. Says says more about how shitty know, the Foo Fighters are than Skinnerd. Even if even if I would seed that they are boring in a genre that never existed until they popularized it. Okay, like, you, no, you, you okay? You you want to you want to throw this kind of thing around? That's okay, silly. a band or bands that that kind of started a genre of music, but they weren't the best in it. Look at a band like Pearl Jam. Look at a band like Alice in Chains. They started that. They kind of started that grunge movement. But who who made it the best? Who made it? leaps and bounds better than than anybody could have imagined nirvana nirvana made grunge what it was but they didn't start it i mean they incorporated more pop into it yeah okay but okay but it's still the fine we're, 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 if we're just gonna generalize a genre fuck i'll you tell know. you a band that's overrated right now you tell me right now i'll tell you that much right now i ain't nothing about it what band nirvana they're not overrated way vastly overrated they're not they have, that's, they have that's, one they have one perfect album they have one album that's kind of okay. fun to listen to, and you they know, have one that's, how, that, that's okay, pop. Okay, S- I'll okay, tell you that much right here. now. I don't want to hear nothing about it. Step back, baby girl. Okay, this is this is just silly boy talk because you you gushed <laughs> absolutely gushed over that band over in utero that week over in utero. But you gushed about the other albums. Maybe not so much. Nevermind. But you still you had mostly positive things. I about like, it. like you, Nevermind. You a had lot. a hard it is a time. Good pop album. It is a good you, pop. You album. had a hard time talking shit on nevermind like you i could see that struggle because it was a lot of album sure it was a lot of past discriminations and past you know bad thoughts i guess that bled into that week it 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 belongs up there like the top the top spots for pop like thriller fucking millennium by the backstreet boys nevermind the spice world like all these are great pop albums yes i will agree there's a lot of things you're saying right now that you're gonna regret <laughs> I regret nothing. I'll tell you that much right now. I'm hearing about it. <laughs> anyway, let let's get back into this uh into this this record. Just, um, just, just do you have any stinkers? I don't have any stinkers, but I have four bangers. Okay. But they're they're loose bangers. They're very loose bangers. Oh, oh. Because yeah, they're they're loose. You're the so, fucking only person. Like is is, is Freebird your one B? Oh yeah, for sure. Fuck, you better be <laughs> my god. How can that not be your one B? It, it is my one B. Okay, good. It should be. It's a perfect song. It's the best song. It is a perfect song. Yeah. It's not it's not it's a song that's not like we talked about. It. It's not an overly complicated song. Like people think, oh, you know, it's a four and a half minute guitar solo. It has to be super intricate and this and that, but it's really not. There's a lot of a lot of the same shit going on and they're they're not doing anything super flashy. It's just they're doing it for a long amount of time, for a, a long and period of time. That's why they are not overrated because they never ever said that, and everybody knew that Freebird's guitar solo wasn't crazy, crazy, crazy good. Because you can read articles that were done ten years ago, twenty, thirty, forty years ago, a hundred years yeah. ago that said Freebird's <laughs> solos are not as complex as you think they are. Okay, that's fine. Half yeah. of that was true, but for the most part. There are articles written years ago <laughs> that 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 says like, "Oh, Freebird is easy to play. Here's a couple tricks to learn." And they, yeah, like a lot of blues musicians, they have a lot of tricks. They they do a lot of tricks. Like blues music inherently is kind of like there's a like Keith Richards fucking made a career of just open tunings and and bullshit yeah, right. chords. But they're great. Overrated guitar player. Yeah, you're fucking. St- oh, you're so stupid. <laughs> I God, you're so Come stupid. On, Keith, Richards, just, it's it, Keith Richards is kind of an overrated guitar player. Keith Richards is top five all time in guitar riffs. 
<sighs> if there was a separate God, category for, for some of the over greatest here. guitar riffers of all time, Keith Richards is top five. Okay, that's fine. No, you can't like he's not like you can't shred like Jimmy Page. You can't like do crazy he's, things. He's no, so he's, he's no bad. Omar. He's no Omar. Oh Let's just God. say that. Oh my God, dude, Omar's <laughs> like, dude. Oh, but seriously, come on, dude. Why? Keith Richards, yes. top five guitar player. Come I didn't on, say top five dude. guitar, but I say top five. You riff, did say top riff, five riff, riff at writing riffs. No, I don't at know. Writing riffs. I think you said top five guitar. I said player. riffs like three times, not just not one thing, but before that, I said it like three times. Oh yeah, you, you could say riffs, but you the what you actually but what you did say, what you also said is what, what you also said was top five guitarists. Oh, hold on, Whoa. no, no, I said riff from the beginning, and when you edit okay. the pod, you'll realize that you were wrong, and you will text me and say I'm yeah. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I am stupid, like you said, and I'm sorry. You know, and I you're like, about it. Like eighty percent of the time when I edit the pod, you're wrong. But that twenty percent right. is there, right? That twenty percent, you are right. There but we go, most baby. of the time, so you're most saying of there's the a time chance. You are wrong. <laughs> most of the time, you are wrong. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> this time, I am right. Oh though. boy. Well, you're not. That's fine. That's okay. Um. Yes, Freebird. So th- yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know where else we want to go with this. I, Freebird's fucking great. From that opening organ, right? That opening part. Everybody knows what the song is. And it's, I'm a it's, sucker for the organ too. It is literally one of the greatest rock ballads of all time because it's a fucking ballad. I consider this a ballad. It's a ballad. It is. Okay. Oh, it's a total ballad. Yeah. This this is one of the greatest rock ballads of all time. There's there's a lot going on, and it's not overly complex, but there's a lot of stuff going on. And then I was reading that Gary Rossington said that just because they were goofing off and like drinking and fucking around, because they they were playing this song like several years before they actually recorded it. Mm-hmm. And what he what he did was he shoved a screwdriver into his guitar and then the neck and drove it all the way up to the head, so that we would lift the strings higher. So when he put the bottle, because he the same bottle that the guitarist from the other band that does Southern Rock, the same like medicine bottle that he used, he was oh, trying to emulate that sound because that was like his idol. So he did the same thing, but to get a higher action on his guitar strings, he shoved a screwdriver in there. And you can still see him use stuff like that, and it's it's just out of a joke at this point. But he'll mm-hmm. she'll, she'll still shove things under his string and drive it all the way up to the head. And that's fucking cool. That's cool because it just shows people having fun. Tyler, Rebecca, Anstead. <laughs> fuck me in the butthole. God damn. That's fine. Having fun live is different than oh, you know, oh, recording an album. Damn. All these fucking it, things. I'm telling you how he okay. has fun. And he's just, he's okay. all, nothing's fun and, to and you. And let's, we, we kind of touched upon it in the, the rankings episode. <laughs> We're talking a lot of, lot of oh. about a lot of stuff that's not really related to, free, to Freebird, but the making of this record and really all of their records, oops, and really all of their records is that they were very, very particular, meticulous about how they recorded stuff. They were perfectionists. Everything was written out. There was no improvisation. They hated improv improvisation. That's fine. What's wrong with that? But that's just due to like not, that's just like them not having fun. Like, how is that due to not them having fun? Dimebag Girl was the same that's way. That's not fun. There was no improvisa- improvisation in their in their fucking and their music sets was and, not and fun their, and their music was not fun was it? I think it was fucking no, right. I had a blast. It's great music, but it's not fun music. I think it's fun. You can have fun partying and playing live, but when it comes to recording and writing, especially recording, I, I don't I don't see how 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 the correlation between fun and and different writing styles uh, have to do with each other. Just because I just think it's kind of a, it's a very meticulous and not sloppy, I guess. So sloppiness equals fun. Kind of, kind of want the, I kind of want the sloppiness because maybe we could have heard something kind of interesting, like kind of off the cuff, but it was just so planned out and just kind of, uh, 
I don't know. What? It's kind of what? 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 Kind of lame. Nothing. How is that lame? Kind of lame. I I do not see the point at all. That's fine. You will eventually. I I don't I don't I don't see that correlation whatsoever. All right. So we heard yeah, a lot like of we've heard what? a lot of sloppy playing um, from a band that does a lot of that played really badly live for many many years because they were fucked up on drugs and didn't give a shit. And they Ooh. were fantastic at their instruments, and they played bad, bad shows constantly. That was Zeppelin. Jimmy Page was oh, fucked yeah, up yeah. a lot, and they played they bad were. shows, and those yeah. were not fun. And Jimmy Page is not fun. So that, again, I don't see <laughs> okay, the correlation. Okay, yeah, yeah. There. How, how the how the West was won was not a great live record, right? Because that makes sense. The the BBC session, it's yeah, not those fun. Were right? How the West was won, not fun. The only person having fun is Bonham. Nobody else is having fun. You kidding me? You joking my ass right now? We all know I don't joke asses, dude. I don't hear nothing about it right now. That's all I got to say about that. I can't remember right, the so thing I was trying to say. Freebird, Freebird. So yeah, you have that. You have the the organ. It starts out with the organ, the kind of the slide guitar and everything. You have like four and a half. I think I wrote it down here. Uh, yeah. So so the intro is really about four minutes and twenty five seconds, and then it really kind of starts to pick up. The guitar solo by itself is roughly four minutes and twenty three seconds long. It's a long fucking song. And it is quite the buildup. And they are good at buildups. Not just this song, but there's another song on here that is one of my bangers where there is a fucking nice buildup and it's slow. It's a slow buildup, but it's very nice. It's very, very nice. They're good at that kind of stuff. And I wish, I feel like if they had, if they were a band that that were more spontaneous and did improv more, they could have had some amazing buildups and amazing kind of riffing off of one another. But we never saw that happen. But you know the the last record they put out was Street Survivors with the what's the guitar player Steve Gaines Steve Gaines with his guitar playing because his guitar playing on that record was fucking awesome. Had had they made more, he was, he was he was fucking killer. He was amazing. He was fucking really good. That record is really awesome. But had had they made more records and the accident happened, they made more records with that lineup. I feel like they would have gone in more of a not I don't want to say jam band, but in a more relaxed kind of loose way and i feel like like i was saying earlier on the rankings episode they this i feel like this band could have been way better than they're known for had they made it maybe two or three more records after that i mean you only recognize like three songs out of their entire discography which i still I do. think is fucking crazy yeah. so to say I, they're yeah, overrated really is still kind of silly when you only recognize them for Freebird, alabama shakes and <laughs> what's your name <laughs> 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 I can't believe you don't fucking know Tuesday's Gone. Like that's I don't know. Do you I, not I know Tuesday's Gone? Didn't know that. Didn't know Simple Man. I didn't know those. Yeah. So I, again, I, I think they're not overrated in any way, shape, or form. And, and it's uh, if anything, Skinner now is known for that band that still is trudging along, putting up the Confederate flag until like last year. What band? Skinner. Oh, oh, they, oh, okay. I thought, yeah. okay. You said another band was doing that. No, they, no yeah, they're, they're still doing the Confederate flag thing. Yeah well, yeah. well, they don't do it anymore for sure. It's gone. But they went back and forth for, for several years in the past, like five years of putting it up and taking it down. But I, it's like, dude, come on, man. You're, first of all, you're too old to be causing controversy. You're like 70. Uh, it's just too much. Relax. <laughs> and second of all, that's just, that's, that's just stupid. And you're also a band that nobody really kind of cares about anymore. Right? Yeah, because they're not overrated. Well, they are kind of. 
Well, actually, I know they are, but they're fucking okay. not over. How are they overrated? Nobody talks about Skinner. We're not going to get into this again. There's only two times where people talk about Skinner. One, when people say, play Freebird. And the other time is when people, and then the other, no, well, yeah, because it's funny. It's a joke. But nobody listens to fucking Freebird. Nobody nobody does it. Nobody knows what Freebird is. And the other time is when someone says, play some Skinner, just because that is a thing people say, because it's funny. So I guess, yeah, they are overrated because of these these outdated quips and tropes that, that happen at shows. Yeah, they are. Silly. They are. You're a silly boy right now. So going back to Freebird, the guitar solo. <laughs> Let's jump into that real quick. Because like I said, it's it's like four and a, almost four and a half minutes long. And which is a fucking crazy, crazy amount of time for a guitar solo where they're just going back and forth, back and forth. But there, one cool part that I like a lot is there's a part where everything, all the instruments stop except for the two guitar players. And they're kind of, they're, they're not even playing off of each other. They're just playing each other's parts at the same time. But it's kind of, maybe it's not, I don't know if it's off time a little bit, but you can kind of hear where there's a, there's a disconnect there. But it just sounds so cool. And then everything kicks back in into the song. I fucking love that part. Yeah, that's it's just that's, them two playing. That's at like almost a seven minute mark. That's when everything yeah. is like dun dun, and you're like, dun, 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 yeah. and it's sloppy, and it's being like meshed together in a way that just kind of, it doesn't sound great. But because we've just experienced like six minutes of this, we know it's building to this, and they're scaling upwards, right? So they're going, dun, 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 and yeah. they like do like a like a like a like a two note climb, and then it goes back into like the main riff, and that's like that's at the seven minute mark. We still have another minute and a half of this. And like that is, I mean, according to you, that's not fun, I guess. But to everybody else so on the good. face of this fucking earth, that is extremely fun. That is amazing. That is that is exciting. That is people having a great time playing music. No, it's fantastic. It, I mean, I love that part of the song. It's it's great. I really do love that. But it's all building to that. So the entire song itself is is fun in a different way. It's not goofy fun like that. And that's then, goofy fun. And then so after that, after that point, there's there's also another build up where where um, Bill wait what, what's the fucking drummer's name Bill Burns Bob Burns Bob Dole wait what the fuck is his name is it I Bob I, I didn't I oh don't my care God, about dude, the drummer at this part except for the drummer uh, I'm talking about that like, Bob, uh, like Bob, later on yeah yeah later on in the song Bob Burns he uh, he has that 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 just kind of snare roll it's just like building 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 yeah. building like kind of like 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 jazzy you know where you just consistently hitting that snare and it builds and then um ed is playing the bass and he's just like ripping it up like just seriously like it's like some i don't even i can't even think of another bass but it kind of reminds me of a uh, day of the baphomets from mars volta oh you know the God. the the bass intro of that song do you know what i'm talking about uh no oh god you're the fucking worst but <laughs> Uh, the the intro to Day of the Baphomets reminds me of it where he's just like shredding on the bass with his fingers and it just builds, builds, and builds and then it kind of explodes into like just just the con- the continuation of the guitar solo. But there are just so many good buildups in this, in this guitar solo in this last four and a half minutes of the song. It's fucking amazing. I, I love, I love Freebird. It is a fucking amazing song. Mm-hmm. So as as much shit as I've talked on this band, I mean this song and a, a few other songs in this record are really really good. But anyway, what what do you have lyrically on this? Unless you have anything else musically? Uh, no, that's fine. 
I, I like lyrically the entire album was pretty wasn't bad. It was just face value. Yeah, it was primarily about you know fame, either fame or about a girl. And it's but not bad. It's just it's not, yeah. There wasn't anything. It's just face value. It's different, special about it. All right, moving on from Freebird. What is your what's your two B then? Considering this is our our each of our one beats. So, what do you got for Sim- your two B? Simple man, baby. Really. That was good. Honestly, I mean, this honestly, is more of a ballad. Honestly, I'm like this, you like it. this uh, if it wasn't for Freebird being Freebird, like this would be my one B. Really? But why yeah. though? You like this kind of slower ballad thing that they do? Because this is, it's a jam song. This is a jam song. You. You get lost in the books here, right? You get, lo- <laughs> get lost in your books. That's what you're doing. That doesn't you're getting, get old, right? Because you, <laughs> <laughs> you get lost in that just that really basic melody. That just it's fucking like three chords, dude. The entire thing. It's so basic. It's so elementary. It is, yeah. And my God, you just you get lost in it. You really do because they do it over and over and over. And it builds slightly, but not much, right? The solo's great. And like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really not a balladman by any stretch of the imagination, or an anthemman like you are. But my God, dude, the verb on that guitar just makes for like an epic thing. And where he's not wanking or anything, and then we get some like parts with two guitars going at it. And again, they're not showing off. They're not shredding. They're playing to the song. They're playing to the ballad. They're just kind of like jamming. They're just kind of riffing. And I, I might be a little, little skewed also because there's multiple times where like while jamming at the neighbor's house we dropped into simple man and i was like oh. wow this is a fucking cool thing that we're doing here and we can all we all know it we all know the melody we all know where to go we all can take our turn if we want to or you can step back and play rhythm we can each like switch off instruments like i play drums sometimes i'll play bass sometimes and we can all like have a little fun with it i think simple man just not even in the title like simple itself but like that's like that like this song is is in essence of why we should be playing music live like together not just like me neighbors just anybody on earth like this mm-hmm. is why you should play music is just to get into this little groove even if you play those same fucking three chords for two hours like how long have we been playing our fucking songs <laughs> right but my god <laughs> i fucking love those songs i really do i don't care i fucking love those songs I think they're amazing and i'll play them until i can't play anymore and like mm-hmm. that's what this song Maybe I'm getting a little emotional about this song more than I maybe should because it is superficially no, kind of dumb. But like honestly, this song, this song is that. This song is is like an ode to like childhood jamming with friends, and it just so happens to be they're like in their early twenties here. That's a good way of, of of viewing it because when when you put it that way, it changed my it changes my perspective a little bit because the song doesn't really do anything outrageous it is i guess yeah it's more it's it is more jammy the the chorus itself doesn't really i mean honestly it adds nothing to the song i feel like it the chorus is just there as a placeholder just to kind of just to kind of everybody just get kind of get louder and let out a little bit of energy and then the bridge or or the solo really the solo is where you know the the one guy gets to kind of just rip it up a little bit but then everybody kind of like trudges along they're just kind of just kind of you know, they're they're stuck in that groove. So I, I like that. I like that comparison. That I, I I like that. I like it a lot. 
And like, dude, it Ronnie slays the chorus though. He slays that melody, that that simple man. Oh, really, simple. you think so? Because it's not. I thought it was just so average. He's, he's the guy because he's the singer. He's like fuck, yeah. fuck a singer, right? Like if 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 a band is really that that good, and these guys are all good. Again, they're not historic, but they're at least good to great. Yeah, if yeah. A band, none of them a are band, bad. By any means. If a band can survive without the singer, then the singer better bring the heat, and he doesn't. He just he just says like I'm a simple man, but kind of like drags it on a little bit. But it's just good enough to where everyone's like, yeah, Ronnie. That was pretty good. Good job. And they go back <laughs> into their thing. Because he's part of the team, man. He's a homie. Who cares? Like, they're just fucking around. A bunch of kids goofing off. It's true. I mean, they were they were very young when they put this record out. And they got signed and put this record out. And, like, like I've jammed with people that are vastly underskilled than me. Actually, fucking uh, uh, case in point is, is neighbor Ronnie, friend friend of the pod, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Jamming, jamming with her in the beginning was was more difficult than it is now. And, and my God, she has just grown like exponentially at the drums. She's fantastic. But like when you don't jam a lot and you jam with somebody that never really jammed with anybody, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, all right, just, just, just let them do their thing. And then that there are times where we're just like, okay, let, let, let Ronnie do her thing. Let her, let her play whatever she wants. We'll work around it. And I think Skinner worked around Ronnie Van Zant here. I think Skinner would work around Ronnie yeah. because Ronnie does have some, some solid harms. And that simple man, it's not a bad harm. I think he slays it because, like, that's his job. His job is to is. I think everybody expects mediocrity, and when he does something a little bit better, it's it's great. Okay, I, I just I really honestly feel he is the weak. I mean, he's for sure the weakest part of this band. Yeah, I think even you would agree with me on that. Absolutely, he's the weakest part of the band. Okay, okay, he's the only member of this band that I would think is not good. Yeah, he's again. He, I think you every can, person in this band is fucking good to great. I think everybody is good in this band. I wouldn't... Maybe... Okay, I take it back. Ed King and Steve Gaines, even though Steve Gaines didn't play on this record, they are the two best members of this band, of this era, of the, the 70s yes, era. I would agree with that. Without a sure. doubt. Um, Only because... I mean, after this record, Ed's... Because Ed moved to guitar after this record. So I don't really remember anything significant significant with his guitar playing but his bass playing on this record to me was the highlight of the entire record his bass playing was fucking amazing it was really really good and on top of that bob burns the drummer he had a very on this record he had a very um bill ward from black sabbath style of playing where he had this very big bombastic sound to his, to his playing and it was almost like primitive sounding like Bill does, but it still held the groove in and locked in the groove so, so well. And I feel like the rhythm section on this record was was super solid because of Ed and Bob. But God, talk about boring fucking names. <laughs> Ed um, and Bob. <laughs> Ed and Bob, dude. These are, these are Southern folk, right? They all have fucking boring <laughs> They're from names. fucking Florida. Yeah. They're not like they're not from like Alabama or Mississippi or Georgia. It's still southern United States. It's, it technically still is the still south. southern, yeah. Well, so is so is where we're at technically. We're still from the south. No, nobody 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 calls Arizona technically the south. It's still the south. The south people is, don't really is, consider Florida the south. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Yes, they Bullshit. fucking no, do. Yes, they not do. Really, not really, not really, not really. Not really. But it's they more do, like. Yeah. It's more okay. The South in in the United States is more like Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas. That's it. 
People no, consider Texas. No, 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 no. New Mexico, fucking you mean, you Arizona. Mean, what, what, do you, what do you mean silly right now for? It's true, though. It's true. No. We're, we're mean, all like, right, on the same right. level. Like, like, like Alabama and Georgia, like those are definitive. Those states are 100% south. Mississippi, yeah, that's fine, too. I would even... Arkansas, but that's fine, Well, too. Mississippi, then you kind of bleed over Louisiana, to the bayou area, too. if Louisiana you want to get like, specific. Well, yeah. Mississippi's before Louisiana if we're going from right to left. Okay, so but I'm just that's fine. I'm just naming but like the, that's the more of a bayou states, thing, right? Because now we're getting okay, the Credence yeah. territory. But if you want to do like a sound, even though Credence is not from there, but if you want to do like a sound, the South, yeah, the South definitely extends into the Panhandle part of Florida. There, I tried to do my Panhandle Florida <laughs> from know, office, I but I couldn't do it. Do. I know you did. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> anyway, best part of the office. <laughs> yes, I know. But it should be part of Dudesy. Everything we talk about and reference on this podcast should be about Dudesy. Um, oh, you know, speaking of Dudesy, I went to the liquor store today to get the beer. And uh, on the way out, I noticed there was, there was a giant poster of The Rock and his, uh, his tequila, Terramana. And I didn't say it out. I almost said it out loud. I, I almost How went, could you Tramana. Because I would have just felt so stupid. Oh, my God. But the off chance that somebody heard you and then also repeated back, Tramana! <laughs> I swear, like from, I will, I mean, I honestly, if I ever hear or see that Tramana, I'm going to go Tramana to see if anybody does, if anybody catches the reference. <laughs> Nobody's going to catch it. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody listens to Dudesy. Hard they seltzer. Should. They should. Um, all right. Simple man, simple man. Simple creatures, and honestly, like the, like the instrumentals here don't do much. No, but but that's that that's that's interesting. You said because I mean I I noticed that also, but when we're giving our rankings, besides this album, we never like really said the bass was like f- phenomenal or anything like that, and that's yeah. not saying that that uh, that King was him Ed King, Sid King. Oh yeah, Ed King, yeah, Kerry yeah. King. Yeah, Kerry King. Yes, that's not to say that Kerry King's a bad or Ed King is Kerry King's a bad guitarist. <laughs> That just shows like how good of a bass player he was. That after he switched to guitar, we never got like a real fucking punchy walking bass line that also just kind of played to the songs. Yeah, you're right. And he he kind of riffed a little bit too on the bass. I mean, but it was never to the point of excess to where you could tell like, okay, this guy should be playing guitar. It was like, okay, so Simple Man is is a great example of that. There, this is a very this is a song where it is very stripped down rhythmically. Or in the in the rhythm section, but he there's enough flair in there. There's enough little nuances here and there that really show his his abilities as a bass player. Like he knows when to when to scale it back for a song, and he also knows when to kind of rip it up when it needs to be ripped up. It's the this guy is a, is a good musician. Like Ed King is a great musician. It's just he he tends to be a better bass player than a guitar player. And that that's just stems from from the lack of a great bass player after he switched. I think if there was a a better bass player that came in, and and could like write great bass lines to supplement his because he's a fantastic guitar player to supplement his fantastic guitar playing. I think maybe mm-hmm. this this discussion would be a little bit different. But they didn't get a better bass player. They got a worse bass player or a more more a more well, they, bad they, bass player. They essentially brought back their old bass player. I mean, he was only. He was in yeah. the band originally, and then he quit the band right before the recording of this record. Ed King came play, came in, played the bass on this record, and then right before they started taking the promo shot, promo pictures for this album, he Wilkinson came back as the bass player. Ed moved to as a third guitar player, 
and then you know that was essentially almost the lineup up at the, up through the uh the plane crash in 77 and in so. in uh um simple man is is the type of song that you that you like to jam on the bass with at least for me because i know i know how to riff decent on it so like those the danier narrow do 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 you can scale up you can scale down like mm-hmm. i can do those things like i know how to do those they sound nice they flow with the song and it's it's it, it there's enough flair there to where i feel like i'm playing the bass i'm slapping the bass like a pro like friend of the pod uh skip but <laughs> but then you hand the bass because like, like i said I've, we've jammed to this song before mm-hmm. but then i hand the bass over to like friend of the pod my neighbor phil and he he's, rips oh it yeah, up. like you were doing good. Like check out what you could also do, and then he'll do like an octave higher, and then just do like inverted notes. And like holy fuck, that's yeah. so cool. Well, Phil's like, a really good bass player too. Fantastic bass player. Yeah, like, he's that's, a fucking killer bass player. That's what Simple Man is, man. Simple Man is just a good jam. So it's a good learning song, and 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 I I think that's what it is. I don't think it should be taken as anything more than just like these guys are still kind of like working out how to play with each other. They've been playing with each other for a couple of years now. But like they, it's their first album. They got a big time yeah. producer. They, you know, signed with a major label. Things are changing. They're getting more money. They're getting fronted money. I think Civil Man is just a, a way for them to kind of get back to where they started, and that was just jamming. All right, that's fair. And and kind of bringing it back to that that guitar solo, that bridge. They they really kind of change it up rhythmically. Well, not rhythmically necessarily, but song wise or just kind of what they're playing during that bridge because at, at that point everything is just sounds like dum, da, dum, dum. it's very kind of like they're kind of trudging along through the through the mud while the while the guitar is kind of soloing over it and then they tr- they they kind of seamlessly transition back into the main chorus and everything like that but that that bridge was very nicely placed and it just sounded really good and it just it matched up so well with the guitar playing the guitar solos but I mean, this is a good song. It's not a banger for me, but it's uh, it, it's a really good song. So, what do you okay. got lyrically on this one? That's fine. It was supposed to be about like his 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 grandmother or somebody imparting wisdom unto him about just being a simple man. Just tr- just just fucking try to be a yeah. good dude. Be know, a good cute. person. Don't screw other people over. Yeah, that, that that's very one dimensional. But that's like a that's a good message. You don't hear a lot of one dimensional lyrics being written about something like that true like, just don't true. be an asshole yeah just be a good person <laughs> for the person. most part like like they kind of were even even in like extracurriculars and, and partying and shit they were never a couple of spats here and there but like they were never like really really bad dudes yeah everything i read i mean i know they they fought amongst themselves but they weren't it never really seemed like they were um they were overtly violent or just kind of i mean i like they trashed hotel rooms and things here and there and they threw shit Briefly. out windows they only did it a couple times because but they I got mean, charged like thirty thousand dollars for trashing a room and he's but like, who fuck hasn't that. done that yeah who but then but then that? ronnie realized like he says fuck this because this yeah. was something that uh that garrett geary also said about geary. ronnie he said he's after we got charged at 30 grand we all had to chip in for it and after that he said we never fucking did it again because we worked too goddamn hard for this money <laughs> to throw it away like that yeah, they're not like Molly Crew or you know Keith Moon from the Who or anything like that. No, no. Where they had millions to just fucking waste away. No, um, no, no, no. Do you uh do, do you want to get into the plane crash now? What do you want to talk about? 
I mean, we can get into more bangers. I mean, how much do you want to touch upon the plane crash? Because, I mean, the crash least, happened, what, four or five years after this record came out? Yeah. I, like, they released a lot of music in between the, their debut and the plane crash. So, I mean, I feel like we should touch upon the plane crash, but the plane crash to me, was it should be more as like a supplemental thing, unless we like really had nothing to talk about on on this record. There's, but there's it seems like we're one pretty... thing I want to talk about, and that's yeah, I, like like you hear a plane crash, you hear people survived a plane crash. Oh, cool, they survived, right? You don't think anything yeah. about it. At least, at least I just never really thought about like yeah, they survived. Oh, great, great, great. But like they got fucked up. Yes, bad. Yes. And that I, like I just again I I I guess I just never thought about it. I never thought about how badly how badly you need to be to survive a plane crash, right? Like, you don't mm-hmm. just fucking walk away. These guys, like, like one of the dudes lost all of his teeth. They all got knocked out. Mm-hmm. Fucking broke legs, wrists, ribs, fucking backs, cracked skull. Like, they got fucked up. And yeah. It, I mean, obviously, like, obviously, right? Obviously, they're in a fucking plane crash, obviously. But you don't think about that. Yeah, you, you, think you don't really dead. think about the survivors. You think, Yeah, you think about the people who, who died in the crash. But my God, dude, they got fucked up. Yeah, like, what is I think so it's so bad. Ah, uh, what is it? I think it's Billy Powell. The I'm I'm just double checking real really quick, but Billy Powell, the the keyboardist, I think he got. Uh, oh yeah, so in in the plane crash, he suffered, um, he suffered major lacerations to his face. He almost lost his entire nose, but oh, yeah, he but was otherwise. Yeah, but he was otherwise relatively uninjured, and he was the first pers- first member of the band to be released from the hospital, and he was the only one to the only member of the band to go to everybody else's funeral after losing almost his nose, almost losing his nose, and having crazy fucking lacerations on his face. That's yeah, fucking like, crazy. And, and like one of the fucking guys got like a big cut on his arm, and then because they crashed in the swamp, it got like infected. And they almost yeah. had to amputate it, and they like all these guys have plates in them, like like metal plates in various parts of their bodies because of this thing, and like yeah. lasting impacts of not just physical wear, but now they're on pain medications, and I mean you know this is the fucking seventies going into the eighties, like who cares? Take as much medication as you want, you're gonna get addicted. It's, just, oh, it's gonna sure. fucking happen. You're gonna well, they, get addicted. Well, even prior to so prior to the the last record, the Street Survivors. They, I forgot which members, there was two members who were, uh, got in like severe car, like major car accidents to the point where they couldn't even really record music because they got so fucked up in the car accidents. And then a year later they get in this plane, the plane crash. It's It's, like, it's, there's a lot of unfortunate things that happened to the members of this band before and after. I mean, uh, what's his name? Um, Alan Collins, the guitarist. Yeah. This guy survives the plane crash gets addicted to the pills and booze i think it's in 1987 or 1986 he takes his brand new car out with his girlfriend gets in a major car accident she she dies in the car accident he's paralyzed from the chest down can barely move his arms and hands at this point he ends up dying in the late like 89 or 90 he dies of pneumonia related to you know his paralysis it's just like dude that guy That's I insane. felt bad for because the reason why he was even in that car with his girlfriend because his wife had fucking died in like some kind of weird yeah. miscarriage or something happened to his wife mm-hmm. and she fucking dies. 
So he, he he gets into this tailspin of addiction because, you know, half your blood, your fucking band members just died in a plane crash 10 years ago. Now your wife dies. Now you're addicted to pills. So he's all fucked up on pills, driving, kills his girlfriend. And part of his plea bargain is that he can still tour with Skinner, but he has to give like this motivational speech beforehand about the dangers of, of, of driving under the influence. Yeah. And know, can never right? play the guitar again, really. He can't even walk. He he literally has to go out <laughs> in a wheelchair. Like my he can't. God, yeah. And then um, what's his name? Bob Burns, the guy who played on the first record, the drummer. He 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 didn't play on Street Survivor, and he wasn't on. He wasn't in the plane crash, but he died in 2015. But he died in a car accident. The guy was what was he, he was uh, 64 years old. So really not that old. 64 years years old dies in a car accident. Um, in 2015, like I said, because he hit a mailbox and then a tree because he was taking a turn too fast on some street and he fucking hit a tree and died. It's like, like what the fuck? This band is like cursed. Yeah. It, it kind of is, right? It, the plane crash, yeah. all these car accidents before and after the addictions, which, you know, addiction is a big thing with a lot of bands, but you add that on top of all the these kind of like almost freak accidents. It's bizarre. Very bizarre. It's, it's 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 sad it's it's sad and, and and i mean like every only one person is alive in, in the original og yeah. lineup Gary and even Rossington. he is has had a, a a slew of of you know like substance abuse issues surgeries depression issues and it's just fuck man this band is like i don't know cursed or something yeah I, seriously i really think so but and like Final Destination stuff, right? Like like you avoided the plane crash, now death is constantly after you. Yeah, it kind of seems that way. Sad. It's fucking sad. But it, it kind of it's kind of weird too. Like yeah, the the band split after the 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 the, the plane crash. They split in 1977 and then 10 years later they they did that reunion show in 87 and then I think a year after that they they re- essentially reformed the band with Jerry, I think it was Jerry Van Zandt. Oh, Johnny no, Van Zandt. This is or John, Johnny Van Zandt. No, yeah. it was his little brother. Oh, yeah, his little Ronnie, brother. Ronnie's little brother. Yeah. yeah, and he became the lead singer. And it was it was a, pretty much most of the, the OG lineup who, who rejoined. But then they they put, up, put out records up until like maybe 2017 or 2018 or something like that. Yeah. It's just, it's like, why would you want to go see Skinnerd? when it's such like a fractured lineup of the band and there's been so much tragedy, why would you want to go see them? And then why would the band continue on? It just seems like, I don't want to say I a th- cash grab, but I mean, like, what's I, the point? They like playing music and that's, that's fine. I, but I think most people don't, don't realize or don't understand or don't care or don't know or don't whatever. But like the band, like Gary Rossington, right? He's, he's a guy yeah. that wrote like most of, of the riffs anyway. But and as far mm-hmm. as the tragedy goes, Everybody knows about the plane crash, but most people don't think about how it affected the survivors, how it affected the bandmates after who weren't even on the plane or weren't even in the band at the time. Yeah, it's, that's just something you don't think about. You just, you know, the singer's dead, and and the new guitar player is dead, and the backup singer's dead. But you still have like the bass player and the drummer, and I don't you know. essentially have a little over half of the band left. Yeah, that survived the crash, and not but like still. to put it in a morbidly way but like you kind of have like the better of the half of the band still alive doing stuff technically yes 
Technically, yes. So, but and you got one of the know. Van Zants, right? <laughs> one of the Van Zants was never part of the OG band, but that's okay. Yeah. It's okay, I guess. It's okay. But yeah, at this point in time, Gary Rossington is the only OG member of the band. He's the only survivor of the that has that's still alive from the original lineup of the band, the guitarist. But anyway. I don't know. Anyway. Let, let's get back into the into the record. Into the yeah. record. So what, is, what do you yeah, got for what's your two B? My two B is fucking shit. Where is it? Oh, you it's Mississippi mean? Kid. Mississippi oh, okay. Kid. Let's get one. So Mississippi Kid, this one is it's like a straight up kind of Delta Blues style song with the pacing. Um, they don't play the guitar really on this. The, the the driving force behind the song is a mandolin. At least it sounds like a mandolin, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the uh, mandolin. That's Al Cooper. Wait, wait, Al Cooper plays the mandolin on this one? Yeah, that, that's Al Cooper. Uh, uh, the, that's why John Feldman does it, because he saw Al Cooper in, insert himself into the, the projects of oh. the bands he was producing. <laughs> Yeah, Al Cooper plays the mandolin here. Okay, I, I didn't realize he played the mandolin on this one. But yeah, that that's really the driving force behind this song. Um the the guitar kind of accents everything else. Like, you know, you you hear some slide guitar, which is a nice touch to it all. Um the clean guitar tone on this one is solid. Uh that but that's primarily during the solos. Um but the yeah, dude, that that mandolin part it's so good. The the strumming pattern into the into that like very simple and basic scale is just it's 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 money it's fucking awesome it's so this is, good this is a killer song this is my 4b yeah. 4b and and not only that the the bass playing is just it's so perfectly placed and played just to accompany everything else but he but ed never takes center stage like once again another example of like a killer fucking bass oh, performance on this oh, record. Well, hold on, hold on is, there, dude. It is true. Hold on it there, is dude. true there, dude. Oh, well, hold on there, dude. That's Al Cooper on the bass also. Are you fucking serious? What the fuck yeah. is wrong with me? I mean, don't forget, Al Cooper's a fuck like, ridiculous, uh, good musician. Oh, 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 hold on there, dude. Oh, hold wow. on a second there, dude. You he's a fantastic, I know, he's a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic musician. I don't even know why I didn't do it. Why the fuck do I care? <laughs> But this this dates back to to when I I, I brought up a, 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 the super session with with Stephen Stills and uh, Bloomfield, where mm-hmm. Al Cooper put on this this thing and he invited uh, Mike Bloomfield to come jam with them and Bloomfield left halfway through the session. He's like, oh, I guess I'll call up my other fucking virtuoso guitar friend Stephen Stills to come jam with me. And so you have two sides of this record, and that's a f- stupid fucking good record. But Al Cooper's just like a, a, a genius, which is weird because his other band. Uh, blood, sweat, and tears. A Woodstock band, fucking boring. Chud, yeah, I, it's Chud. I know. It is Chud. Yeah, it's fucking Chud. But yeah, you know he, he plays bass and he plays the uh, mandolin on this on this song. Why well, I did not realize he played both of those. Fuck. Damn, that but makes no, me he's, like he's, respect he's, but, the band a little bit less. But that's fine. Why? I don't know. It's just I, I thought it might have been one of the cool guys in the band that played. This, this, is the, this is the time in music where just everyone's just happy to jam together. They're all probably smoking their dudes. But they don't jam, though. That's the thing. They don't jam on this record. It's not all, on record. It's all, but you don't know no. they're not jamming like like behind the scenes, hanging out, doing stuffs. But seriously, dude. Dude, the, the mandolin. Dude. It's just, dude. Well, 
Oh. It's uh, <laughs> I mean, the mandolin is always going to sound have that clean sound because it it's an acoustic instrument. But man, it it comes through. It cuts through the mix so crisp, and it's uh, well, yeah, it's so the clean. guy that played it it the producer, so of course, is going to come but, through the mix. <laughs> what? But it, it, no, no. It, okay, I'm sorry. You do so, what the fuck you wants. <laughs> what I mean is like how it's played is just so perfect. Like it, there's no you don't hear like any sort of you know any mis- you don't really hear any mistakes. It's just it just sounds so pristine and just perfect and I, 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 I it just sounds I awesome. love I love this song. This this is one of those songs when you realize like, dude, these guys listen to a lot of blues music. Like these guys yeah, fucking oh, for sure. know. You could tell because this this is a Delta Blues song just done in 1973. Yeah. Like, well, that's even, what this song is. The way Ronnie sings on this song is is very kind of Muddy Waters. Oh, it's so know, lazy. Sunhouse. You know, it has that that kind of, um, that, that la- I don't want to say laziness, but it's that kind of. fucking lazy. Drawl. Not drawl. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but. A lot of these Delta Blues musicians just had lazy delivery. It wasn't about how they said it. It's, it's what they were saying and then how they were playing their guitar and the fact that they're the first ones to do it. But it was lazy. It was fucking good, though. And, and lyrically on this one, though, it, I mean, like most songs, they're, they're kind of taking a phase value. But this is about going down to Mississippi, whooping everyone's ass, who gets in his way when he's trying to get back to his girl. And I guess he he would always tell people, like, he felt like he or Ronnie felt like he was from the South, even though he's from Florida. But the he felt South. like he was th- from this part of the South. And he just always kind of related more to that than anything else, which I thought was was cool. I don't know. Do we have anything else on Mississippi Mississippi Kid? No, Mississippi Mud. Mississippi Mud, okay. Wait, that's a beer, right? Yeah. Fuck, I haven't had that in... Comes in the jug? Yeah, that... Shit. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good beer, but... No, it I mean, comes in a like, jug. Yeah, it comes in a giant jug. What, what, I don't remember what it is. Like, it's like some sort of stout, right? I think it's a brown ale. Yeah, it's not that good. That was popular for a while. But... I'm going to buy one for next week. <laughs> God, did they even it. sell it? I haven't even, I haven't seen it in years. They have to that sell. That, that's something that, that like, like when you're first getting into beer or when you're there and like, oh, I haven't had that in a while. That's something everybody buys because it takes so much shelf space. Yeah, and it's just so stupid. <laughs> I know. It, it's like in a, like a mini growler. It's in like a yeah. moonshine jug. That's what it is. I guess yeah, that's what you yeah, need. that's what it a is. better descriptor. Damn, dude. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't had that since I think probably like 15 years. Like wow. when we first started drinking. Yeah. So. <clears throat> All right. So let's move on here. Or do you have anything else on Mississippi Kid? Sorry. No, that's uh, that's it. That's all. So what is your 3B? Uh, give me three steps. Give me three steps. Okay. Let's get into that. So so I I, I do want to say that like, like Tuesday's gone and give me three steps. These guys have a tone. They have a tone and that tone is iconic to Leonard Skinnerd. And that tone is is also sharedly iconic to Southern rock, and and that is mm-hmm. that is that's their fucking tone. It's 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 a little bit kind of like like dumb. I I, I can't even really put it into words how, how how I'm trying to articulate the tone. But the tone is is Southern rock, but but like B team Southern rock. Like when you listen to the other band that does Southern Rock the best, their tone is is, is clean because they're so great at their instruments. And when I say great, 
their singers I don't think is great like at all. I, I don't like the singer of that band. But everybody else is 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 great at their instruments at minimum. But they don't have like a specific tone. They have a sound, whereas like Skinner has a tone. Their guitar tones are very warm. They're very, they're very, kind of they're kind of hot, but also a little bit dirty, a little bit sloppy. But that's okay. by design. So like like Tuesday's gone, you can for sure hear the tone. But give me three, give me three steps. The tone's there. It's, I think it's iconic. I love it. And this is just a cool fucking like bar fighting song, man. I mean, fuck me if that riff pattern isn't catchy. Come on. And the little woos to drop into the actual song. Woo! Like, we got Ric Flair going I over guess. here? Come on. Fuck out of <laughs> here. The nature fuck boy? You got the here. nature boy over here? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Honestly, I, I felt like this is like a pretty typical blues rock song. I Really, the only thing that stood out to me was the bass playing. Not having any that, fucking fun here. <laughs> man, the bass has just so much fun with this one. It's yeah, all it, over the place. He show, he shows off quite a bit, but it still holds everything together. It's not flashy enough to distract you from everything else. I mean, I, honestly, that that's really the best part of the song. The main guitar riff is kind of underwhelming, but it's fine. I mean, everything yeah, else makes up for that. catchy riff. You think so? I, you probably can even do it right now if you if you if you thought in your mind where you think you could probably you could probably recall that riff because it's I so can't catchy. I cannot I really now cannot. you're lying now you're lying <laughs> that's fine though we can lie in the pod I'll start lying I did I did like how it I in like the Foo chorus Fighters. though the song itself double times so it gives it a little bit more energy because yeah. overall the song kind of like uh, it's fine you know it, it's not bad but it just kind of goes along goes with the flow there's nothing really too exciting but that the double time is really good it, it adds a lot more to the overall uh, feel of it but I, I I will say too I will say too. Fritz, mm-hmm. that's two. I will say also that Tuesday's gone and give me three steps. I really notice a difference on Spotify and then my vinyls because I do have a seventies really? copy of the vinyls. Yeah, and it's all in the bass. It's all in the bass. The bass is just like like Tuesday's gone for sure. I thought it had weird tone issues. Like that intro mm-hmm. hi hat was so fucking loud. And and Tuesday's gone. And then overall, the cymbals and the drums and Tuesday's gone way too fucking loud. And then give me three steps. I thought the bass was incredibly weak on the Spotify version. On my huh. vinyls, it sounded fucking phenomenal. It's noticeable. It's it's vibrant. It's beefed up. But in the Spotify version, it sounds like 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 to make up for that lack of bass, they just added electronic components to the bass to make it mm-hmm. louder. And so you can kind of like tell it's like an electronic hmm. it's like half electronic bass, half like actual bass. I I, because, I I did yeah. notice like the difference between the two. Because I really thought the bass playing really stood out, but maybe it's artificial. I don't know. I mean, it's the, I same, it's the same bass parts, right? It's just one. Yeah. And, and for the most part, they're, they're kind of at the same volume as, as far as like the mix goes. It's just in the vinyl version, it sounds like a guy playing the bass guitar. And then when you compare it to the Spotify version, it sounds like a guy playing the bass guitar, but they just added some electronic tones to it to make it louder, to make it more vibrant, I guess. And again, I, this is just coming from me. I could be full of shit. I have no idea. But I did listen to both versions. And yeah, maybe it's a little, and, it's a little and also, audiophile cuck. I don't know. But, I but also, you, you went into this not having any expectations of the vinyl sounding different. You know? But you, you, still, you still noticed a, different, but a difference, but you didn't go into it thinking that way. 
yeah, I, I, as far as Skinner so is concerned, say something. I have never listened to these albums in their entirety with an ear for listening to them in their entirety outside mm-hmm. of the vinyls. Okay. This there this you. week today, because I listened to this this album today on Spotify for the first time. Out the this past week I've been listening to it on the vinyl because I have the vinyl. Why not listen to it? So today was the first time that I listened to it. It's like, this just doesn't sound right. This sounds weird. And so weird. then I yeah. yeah. Well, we haven't played a song for a while, so let's play a little bit of uh, Give Me Three Steps, and then we'll get into some more of the the music and then also the lyrics. So here it is, Give Me Three Steps from the Leonard Skinners. There it is. Give me three steps from the Leonard Skinner's. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So, did you feel like, or at least what, how I felt about this song, the the vocal melody and the choruses were very, very modern country sounding and that kind of annoyed me like modern pop country it annoys you because like pop country took something that could have been cool and made it fucking terrible uh, yes. that's why annoyed you i yes. agree yes that 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 did annoy me but uh i mean i i agree with you on on, on a lot of a lot of the parts on the song the solos were a little weak though right like, they're they fine they're, I mean, they're, they're kind of like just jamming along to, to the bass really yeah, it's, they're fine. It was but really like, this the, is, the rhythm section that that and the bass playing especially that killed it. So, so like at the end of the riff patterns, you get that little scale that do 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 do, and so when you're doing something like that, that sounds cool, and to to anybody that doesn't play any instruments whatsoever, like those little flares are like fun to listen to because mm-hmm. you know they add a little nuance to the song. But when the bass player is doing the same thing just better than the guitar, like then you got a problem. Because that shouldn't that that just shouldn't happen in a band that's like this. 
with three guitars at some point. I wouldn't point. say that it should be a problem because some bands, bass players are better than the guitar players. Like early AFI, one example. Oh my God, that's what... That's because the the guitars like not like good. They're they're just they're just, they're, they're decent <laughs> punk guitars. I know. I, I thought, I thought you were just like Primus or something. I thought that was like <laughs> that's who I would have reached for. I guess. I, I was I was actually gonna I, I was gonna go for Rush, but then I'm like, okay, what's something that's gonna irritate Jeff? So I said AFI. I yeah, guess Rush I probably would have irritated you too, but yeah, that's irritating. <laughs> but I would, anyway. I would have said Blink, but that's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, get under my skin, huh? Even though we just recorded. Never mind. I won't spoil. It. I won't spoil it. What's your name, little girl? What's your name? Oh, dude, that name? song is so fucking good. I cannot believe. I cannot believe I didn't know that that was a scary song. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. That's a good song, though, right? I love that song. It's fantastic. I think that, I, when it comes to their at, when it comes to their um. Their popular songs, that is by far their best song. More than like Leaps and Freebird? More than Freebird, more than Sweet Home Alabama. Okay, just, just stop. It's not better than Freebird. I don't give Freebird. a fuck. I don't give a fuck. You, you're just... Well, you should because what you're saying is dumb, so... Like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't really, like, well, always I, care I meant, what people meant, think about meant, you, no, but you no, should no, care no. a little bit about I what meant, people think I about meant, you. People think you're dumb right now. I meant so. how catchy it was. I didn't mean it as an overall song because obviously Freebird is a better song. I yeah, just meant it like overall catchiness and just, just <laughs> it just I guess, I guess just melody and, and and how catchy it is. It is better than both of those songs. Both of those songs. Yeah. Well. Okay. That's it's true though. Uh, all right. Let's silly well. boy talk. Get the fuck out of here. So what do you have uh, lyrically on? Give me three steps. I mean, this is the only song that he had that he actually like told a a story, whether or not it was real or, or anything. But this was about him hitting on someone else's girlfriend and then getting a gun pulled on him, mm-hmm. right? Well, apparently it was real. It was confirmed by by Gary. Was it, was it Gary? Might have been Gary, maybe Ed. But it, it was one of the other guys. They confirmed it that that Ronnie was dancing with another girl, and then some <laughs> dude, his her boyfriend, came up and threatened him he's like okay i'm just trying to have a good time i'm not trying to fight with you i don't care about her at all i'll just take off so he fucking left the bar all right so do we have anything else on uh give me three steps give me three steps no 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 okay i mean do you want to talk about any of these other songs I don't it's really fine know. Dude, how the fuck have you not heard tuesday's gone i just want to go over how you've never heard not. tuesday's gone until this week you fucking do you have so much buildup in your stupid fucking <laughs> ears that you just i i can't did, retain I mean, when i was listening <laughs> listening through the album the only song i recognized was Freebird, and then after you said you don't recognize tuesday's gone and then i saw that simple man was a big hit too and re-listening to those i, I just i still could not make that connection i just i don't I I don't recall ever hearing either of those songs. Yeah, I don't. Okay. But I, Tuesday's Gone is my 4B. This is the song I mentioned earlier that has, I feel, a fucking great, great buildup. But it doesn't really go anywhere. Kind of like a Tool song doesn't really go anywhere, but that's okay. In this instance, it's just, it's just one song. It's not their entire career. It's just a really good build-up song, and I, I, I really like that. It's seven and a half minutes long, <laughs> but it's just, uh, it's just it's a solid solid song with some good solos. Um, 
there are moments where Ronnie kind of sounds like John Fogarty vocally. And I thought that was kind of a, I don't know if that was intentional, but it was, it was kind of cool. But, and the, and the drums also reminded me a lot of Bill Ward from uh, Black Sabbath, which I know I've talked about, I talked about earlier in the episode, but in this song in particular, the way he plays the drums reminds me a lot of like how Bill plays the drums on uh, War Pigs. Um, just kind of very, just loud and just kind of machine-like, but not like a, not like a metronome machine, but just kind of like, just dirty sounding and fucking loud really in the end. Okay. But it's good. Okay. It's a good song. Okay. It's a good song. I love this song. It's my 5B. It's amazing. Love yeah, it. it's, it's, it's really good. I just, I, think I don't, I, think, I don't remember I think it's it. great. It's fine. I, I, I think it, I think it's an appropriate length. It's allowed to play out properly. It doesn't focus so much on like building as it just as it does just kind of getting lost in it, getting lost in their books. That's what's happening yeah. right now. They're getting lost in their books. Still a that's, great joke. Continue. That's that's <laughs> <laughs> one day one day we'll tell it to everybody. I wasn't even there for it. I still fucking love it. So God I know much. you do. I know you do. Yeah. They're just they're getting lost in their books here. And and that's that's <laughs> that's what's great about it. And I man, it's just and yeah, you're right. Like like their 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 influences aren't just aren't just the other band that does Southern rock the best, but All their influences band. are are Credence, right? The, like mm-hmm. like uh, Geary has said in interviews Geary. that they were influenced by Credence, and Credence dropped their first album like sixty eight, sixty nine. But Johnny mm-hmm. Winter, Johnny Winter, like fucking who I think is is not technically like the best in, in like the Texas blues blues rock guitar realm i think that i think steve ray vaughn is the best of all time but wow okay. i i think i think johnny winter is exponentially more more heart and soul than, than steve ray vaughn does for sure when playing guitar and they were influenced by johnny winter and johnny winter is a stupid fucking good guitarist that i've never mm-hmm. even listened to until we started collecting the vinyls i've actually never heard you praise stevie ray vaughn like that he's technically like like when I say technically, I don't mean that as 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 like a a, a verb. Like technically, he's the best one because he did this for no, like <laughs> as like an adjective. Technically yeah, speaking, yeah. maybe that was completely the opposite. But like technically speaking, he is like the greatest. He's fucking so goddamn good. You can he's like the Eve Malmsteen of of like blues rock. He just he's he so is. fucking yeah. good. But I don't I like I purchased his, his double trouble weather. Really? I don't think there's any. I don't think. I don't think. No, there's no. There's no soul to it. There's no. It's like why? The, okay. It's like Ingvi Malmsteen. Like I don't give a fuck. Who cares? I rather. I would rather listen to a guy that's not as good do these songs half haphazardly, but like put way more effort into them, like Skinner does. Skinner. They. They. None of these guys are are anywhere near Stevie Ray Vaughan, but I feel like they put more into it. Whereas Stevie Ray Vaughan, whenever he makes music, I feel like it's so natural to him that it's just like, eh. Okay, this guy's just winking. That's fun. <laughs> it's it's true. Like Stevie Ray Vaughan was so good. Like he didn't. It seemed like he never, like he played with the passion, but it seemed like he never struggled. Yeah, I need a struggle. There you go. Like That's like a good he word. he struggle, felt it. Right? He felt he felt what he was playing, but it, it was never out of his his abilities. So, fucking Stevie Ray Vaughan, man. Like when somebody's god tier, you know what I mean? Like you don't you don't yeah. You can't connect with somebody in god tier. Unlike the guitarist from the other band that does Southern Rock perfectly, like he is God tier. Yes, I think he's a better musician than Stevie Ray Vaughan. But he he dumbed it down. He could get down to the layman and say, here's what I am doing, you know, live stuff. 
here's what I am doing. Here's how I'm going to grow to the next part. And you can listen to like, like live at the Fillmore East. You can hear him get better, like Whipping Post, for instance, fucking like 15, 16 minute song. You can hear him get better and better. He's putting solos in the beginning and he's coming back to those same solos at the end, but adding to them and kind of like giving you this, this, this introduction on what it's like to be a great guitarist. Let's move on. Do we want to talk about anything else? We've talked about no, over half of the songs now, yeah, right? Yeah, no, all the big talking points, I think I'm I'm, uh, I'm good with. Yeah, we talked about five of the eight songs, so we've talked about over half. Yeah. Um, so let's let's wrap it up. Let's give our final thoughts on this record, and then we will rate the record according to our world-famous three-point rating system where three is a, good, is a perfect album, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to, one is a bad album, but give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So what are your final thoughts and your rating of this Leonard Skinner record, their debut record? What do you got? Go. It's always fun to get into like like blues music because blues music is inherently the same. It's inherently one dimensional. It's 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 basic, it's basic. But it's so it's so it's so foundational to all like music. Unless you want to get into like earlier like folklore and Celtic poems and shit or whatever but like blues music is so like everything's built around it and and i was just talking to somebody at the bar the other day who went on a road trip to some fucking state that i don't care about on the east coast and they were just surprised (laughs) at how long it took them to get there i was like yeah dude our country's fucking huge like it is it is insanely big it is so much bigger than you could ever think because if you don't leave your little bubble if you don't leave your state even if you fly on a plane like you close your eyes you take a nap you put your earphones in unless you drive somewhere far you really don't get a good grasp of how big our country is yeah. and so when you hear and like we argue all the fucking time about like blues music because it's fun but like we we have the underlying same this the, the, we feel the same way about it we like to argue the nuance because it's it's entertaining for us and anybody else who likes to hear people argue. But like because <laughs> our true. country is so big, when we say like this isn't Southern Rock, this is fucking Texas, this is this is like this is Chicago era, this is this is you know there's like like all of these different blues things all came out of the same spot. But because our country's so big, they 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 grew right. People migrated yeah. north to get out of the, like the, the the harsh Jim Crow laws. They went to Chicago, and that's where we get like muddy waters and and other. Chicago blues and then and then there's there like Florida yes okay it's not technically what we consider to be specific to that southern sound but it's still close enough there to where it bleeds into it and like CCR like they threw a fucking wrench into everything because they're not even anywhere near it but they did it better than most bands that were from there I know right so it's just so fucking weird like how how diverse this one tiny any bitty little like minuscule genre can be and like I, that's what I just love about blues music is, is how much of it is out there, how it all kind of sounds the same. But if you really want to argue about it, we could argue for fucking years, for decades, about how just two different bands from the same town, from the same area, can be so vastly different. And I love it so much. Skinner yeah. is is one of them. I think Skinner has a specific sound. I think this album is is phenomenal. This is a bunch of guys that are not great. Right, like like the other band that that is perfect at Southern Rock. They came out with their album like three, four years before this band did, and so 
they are taking and they they were inspired by that band. Skinner like looked up to those people as idols. They loved that. Yeah, Allman Brothers band, yeah. They just were not as good as them and they knew they were not as good as them. And so they instead of like trying to be better at their instruments, they just said, Let's just fucking be sloppy punkers. They're essentially like the punkers of the Southern Rock realm well, come is what's on. happening. What do you mean come on? They're playing things haphazardly. They're not that good at it. They have some cool fucking tunes that <laughs> do shred. But really, they're not. They're no Dwayne Allman. Come on, that's a silly point talk. But yeah, they're actually true. really, really good, and they're writing really catchy songs. They're writing really solid, there's really solid melodies, and they're having a good time doing it. They're looking out. They're on tour after this album comes out, making you know it's already selling millions of copies, and they're on tour with with Blue Oyster Cult. Like okay, like does it, besides <laughs> fear the don't fear the reaper, does Amy know any fucking song by Blue Oyster Cult? No, no. Okay, so they're they're on tour with the Who in '73. Keith Moon is at his peak of, of drug addiction. He's falling over drum sets every fucking night. Nobody cares. And here's Skinner, man, just a bunch of fucking loot, a bunch of nobodies, a ragtag team of fucking nobodies, dropping an album that is so team. good. God damn, this album is good. This is a perfect album. This is a perfect three. Wow. This okay. is a perfect fucking three. Wow, you rarely throw that out there. God damn, this album is so fucking good. This album is so important to. To, to Southern Rock because all you have is just just guys that rip it up like like we mentioned earlier right not in the, still in the realm but like Steve Ray Vaughn like a mm-hmm. guy like come on dude no one's gonna be like Steve Ray Vaughn that's just stupid and yeah. then like Johnny Winter like the dude is so fucking good but even like Billy Gibbons such a killer guitar player like that you just you can't beat it I don't know why ZZ Top sucks but Billy Gibbons is fantastic but these guys aren't that great they're not that good. They're like, I don't know. They're like the Deep Purples, right? They're like the B team. They're really good they B are, team. Yeah, they are the B team. But I, <laughs> when we're talking B team bands, even B-team? a band like Grand Funk, oh, B team band, yeah. But a band like Grand Funk, I would much rather listen to Grand Funk than listen to uh, uh, Skinner, for sure. Even though I, I, know, I know the bigger hits, obviously, from Skinner, I would still, like, if I were to go to my collection... I would much rather pick out Grand Funk than and listen to that than Leonard Skinner. Come on, it's just it's just fucking crazy to think that that these guys who just are they're really not that great at their instruments for the most part. Surprisingly, and they come no, out it's crazy and they write like Freebird, and and I don't know if it was just because in our in our youth we were just blinded by the fact that somebody wrote a four or five minute guitar solo, but. Like, it's not that complex. It's not something you can't mm. not learn. And you listen to something like Brian May from Queens, like guitar solos. Oh, some of the stuff he did on like they're fucking exponentially better. They're they're yeah. they're so they're so complex in such short times that you just you, you're like, there's no fucking way I can learn that. But then you listen yeah. to Freebird and you think there's no way I can learn that. But then you break it down and like I could totally fucking learn this. And that's yeah, just you're right. that's that's crazy to me. That's crazy to me to think that these guys are just like that's why I think they're out here just to have fun. They they know they're not great, but they don't fucking care. That's why they're the punkers of the Southern Rock realm. Punkers, they're a bunch baby. of tricksters. A bunch of tricksters. They're not tricksters. They're just out here having a good time. Okay. All right. So you gave it a perfect three out of three. So this album is unreal. This album is unreal. So uh, like I said earlier on, I was uh, I came into this week, you know, with higher expectations. I honestly was was very disappointed. I was very disappointed uh, upon my first listen of this record and all five of their their seventies records. Uh, 
upon subsequent listens of, of this one and Street Survivor, uh, I, I began it, it began to grow on me. I started to understand it more and and realize you know this band is more of like a um, they're just kind of like a ragtag group of guys who who just kind of like to hang out. Like they're they're not they're not guys that really like to necessarily jam. They're not guys that like to um, to really write just like complex music, but they're just there to have a good time. That's what it is. And honestly, they're kind of like the OG versions of Deftones. Dude, the fuck only, out of here. Why do you the only, only... You could have had a really good rucka wrap-up. You just fucking ruined it with the dumbest true, thing you've though. ever said. But it, but when you really think about it, like, these guys Nobody started... Nobody likes the Deftones. Okay, but, okay, let, let me, let me, let me Whoa. get through this. Well, I don't know about that, dude, but... <laughs> <laughs> when this band started, they were, like, 14, 15 years old. They started in their, their in, I forgot which guy's garage... You know, they called it the Hell House because it was so fucking hot in Florida. You know that that's they they were a band for like six or seven years before they even put out their first record. It was all about hanging out, drinking, partying, just just to have just living your life, having a good time. Much like Deftones, it was the, it was the same thing. Like that's how they kind of got their start. And yeah, the music is obviously vastly different, and Deftones are much better. But it just kind of like just how they started and how they've, they kind of progressed as a band was so similar between the two of them. And I, and I like that. I like that they would, they just kind of, they, they jammed together, but they still had to perfect it. And it was just more of a, it was more of a passion project than anything else. And I thought that was really cool. But in the end, this record still disappointed me. It's a good record, but I mean, I'll barely give this a uh, a two out of three. Barely oh. give it a two out of three. It was so wrong, but that is because, fine, because you're entitled to be wrong. I will. I won't. Not really. I won't really go back to it that often, but I'll never buy it on vinyl. It's it's still good enough to be a two, but I don't know how often I will go back to it. But I probably will go back to it at some point. It's so so a good. two point two out of three. God, it's so two good. out of three for me on our our three point rating system. I don't know. You you would you would like you would seriously rather listen to like like can't stand the weather by Stevie Ray Vaughan than listen to this. Oh yeah, that's just that's fucking nuts to me. That well, is that's just fine. that's soulless I mean, wanking, and it's just it's nuts to me. That's fine. You just don't understand. I guess not. I, I guess I need to get back into the Ingvy Mouse team of, of guitar listening. So, but like we've talked okay. about, like like fucking Almond Brothers do it so much better, and it's yeah, it might though. not be as it's catchy. I, I know. I understand it's different. I know. I understand. But I, I like I said throughout this entire episode, I don't feel like the melodies are really there outside of like the big hits. The melodies, I don't. They're not there. Ronnie's not that great of a of a singer or lyricist, especially. And the music doesn't really stand up to make up for that. I don't know. They're fine. You don't They're know. They're fine. Just you like don't know. Just like we talked about ZZ Top. We would never go back to ZZ Top, even though Billy Gibbons, great fucking guitar player, but the music itself is not that great. Hey ZZ Top. To Hate him. Can't stand. Actually, I like one. I I I do like one album. What album is that? I kept it on the pod. Uh, the Deguello. 
Oh yeah, that's right. We did talk about it. Yeah. You should you should listen to it. I think it's pretty good. I should listen to it again. Actually, <laughs> of course you did. But you also listened to like several of these Leonard Skinner records. So oh, so good. Well, debatable. All right. So do we have uh, do we have anything else to say about no, Leonard Skinner? This uh, record, anything like that? That's it. That's all. Well, thank you all for listening. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us five stars on there. And, you know, you know the rest of the spiel. Tell all your friends. And, uh, yeah, we are the best. And that's it. That's all. Steve Rivon. Steve Rivon. This week. But, um, what did you say? Play some skinner. <laughs> Annoying. Yeah. So for right. you for you to constantly say, "Whoa," insert Whoa. other band here. This band does it better than them. Therefore, Skinner is not good. Like, okay, this how is about fucking this? Dumb. This is stupid. That's stupid. Okay, how about talk. this? How about this? This band, I just don't really like that much, and I'll never go back to them. Yeah, I know you don't like them for whatever fucking reason. <laughs> that bothers me. <laughs> so like, Skinner and, and Grateful Dead are like the like as far as how they approach live music in regards to their, their studio stuff are fucking completely different, right? Apples and fucking drum sets that are totally different <laughs> because Grateful Dead, you, you, you listen to their, their studio albums and I'm, I'm staring at my drum set right now. That's why I said that. <laughs> I can think of nothing else besides whatever I'm just saying. Like, that is just too too high for them, and nobody nobody puts them on a pedestal. People put Freebird on a pedestal, but not Leonard Skinner. No, they are Disagree. they are the Foo Fighters of this genre. That's fair. You were just fucking right? cruising for a bruise, and I'll tell you that much right That's now. That's fair, right? It it, it belongs up so there, like the top the top spots for pop, like Thriller, fucking Millennium by yeah. the Backstreet Boys, Nevermind, The Spice World. Like all these are great pop albums. Yes, so, I will agree. There's a lot of things you're saying right now that you're gonna regret. <laughs> 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 I regret nothing. I'll tell you much right now or anything about it. <laughs> <laughs>